Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perception Podcast with me, your host, Caroline Partridge. In this week's episode, I have the pleasure of talking with visionary yoga crusader Charlotta Martinus. We discuss the changes in attitudes to yoga over the last 20 years and how yoga is not only a vehicle of clarity, groundedness and strength, but can also be tailored to combating specific challenging personal issues as a preventative health model. Please join us as we turn down the volume of the logical mind and look at life through a different lens. And welcome, Charlotta. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So um, now what I wanted to really to, to talk to you about was your your life and your work within the realms of yoga, because you have yeah. been doing that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, but also to um, maybe touch on a few other things as uh, we'll see how the conversation goes. But um, yeah. So first of all, I just, I just wanted to kind of ask you about um about yoga itself because lots of people have the perception of yoga that it's it's just that it's just something that is um you know good for the body and I'll be loose and limber and I can you know when I bend down to pick things up it's not I won't ache and and it's very much a body centric kind of um uh, viewpoints about yeah. what yoga is but which is in fact is much more of a reflection of ourselves you know have you ever heard have you ever heard the um saying you know what you see is who you are it's not what you're seeing mm. and mm. so when we when we judge something or we we're not in a negative sense but we, we when we try and understand something we see it from our own perspective yeah. Um, yeah. And yes, we we see the world not as it is, but as we are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing you're seeing who you are outside yourself. That's what mm-hmm. that's what's going on exactly as you said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, this is the case with this this particular um, misunderstanding, you know, gross mm-hmm. misunderstanding, because in fact, all the ancient texts say clearly. In fact, it's the first verse of one of the most famous yoga texts. Uh, in the world, uh, it, it states clearly: yoga is the stilling of the thought waves. That's what it is. It's the stilling of the thought waves. That's what it's meant to be, and that's what it is. Uh, however, we see it as a physical practice because we, in the West, are very physically based. We see things mm. from a physical perspective. We see. Uh, human beings as bodies we see trees as pieces of wood we see um, animals as divorced from us Um, and so what we see yoga as to fit into our worldview we see it as something that just moves the body we can't see beyond that which is real shame because it's so much more than that Um, and our body is simply um, the vehicle that we use to gain um balance in our minds that's how yoga works it uses the body as a vehicle to balance our minds and i could go into that a little bit more um through through the podcast but that's basically what it does and that's why the misunderstanding exists and it's a real shame because it means that people can't see uh the potential of Mm. yoga at all at all Mm. and there's very little division between for example gymnastics and yoga you know, even the words mm-hmm. that we use in a class are similar to gymnastics or, or, or workout or Pilates, when in fact it's a completely different, it's a, it's a completely different dimension. We're, we're operating on a completely different dimension, which most Westerners don't exist in that dimension on a day-to-day basis. We don't think mm-hmm. in those dimensions. Mm-hmm. And so what was it? It's, it's funny when you're talking then I was thinking, wow, so what was it that got you to think in a different dimension that first started you on your track? Well, for, spotted. Yeah. Good, of, good question. Of, uh, because I think 
because to be honest, you know, I'm a Westerner. I started because for physical reasons. I was get I was pregnant, and uh, my sister, who's a doctor, said, "Well, you know, I think you should start yoga because it'd be good for your pregnancy. It'd be good for the birth. You know, it'd be helpful." Um, so I just did it for that. That's how I how, how I did it. And as with most people, as with most people, after a few classes, only a few classes. I came away with a different experience that experience that I'd never had before uh, that you don't get from any other sort of class. I, I mean, I'd been doing Tai Chi, I'd done ballet, I'd done dance, I've done lots of physical activities. But when I came back away from the yoga or even within the class, I would suddenly feel this sort of shift inside me and it would be like, what just happened? What was that? Mm. Why am I coming away so peaceful, so grounded, so calm? What is it that just happened? And it took me 20 years to unravel it, <laughs> the answer to that question. <laughs> Which is quite funny, really, because historically, you know, 5,000 years ago or whatever, you know, when yoga started or, when it, you know, it's always existed. But, it, you know, that the reason people did yoga was for the reason that I came away thinking, whoa, this is an added benefit, you know, mm. obviously, then that became my focus for the, for the next uh, whatever, however many decades. Wow. And when did, so, so were you, so you said you were pregnant when you were doing that. And so your work was very different, presumably to. I was working at the BBC at the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So very different then. Very, and very so... stressful, very, very stressful, mm-hmm. very all consuming, quite, quite, I mean, wonderful. I had such a wonderful time, great colleagues, great, you know, but you're you're very focused on what you're doing. You know, that, that was all that mattered really was the work, you know, the, family life and fun was sort of fell by the wayside a bit because what we were doing was so important and so interesting Mm, mm. and so so then when did the the transition happen that you kind of you kind of went wow actually the thing that I've been doing that's been making me feel so great when did you suddenly take it further and say well I want to I want to now do this in my life and I also want to help other people in their lives mm. when did that happen well that's interesting as well because that was actually when I came into a, a very difficult period in my marriage and y- yoga became my only support uh, in that time it was giving me clarity it was giving me groundedness it was giving me strength it was giving me uh, just peace of mind at a time which was very difficult I had two small children um my marriage wasn't going so well we just moved um I obviously hadn't worked for a while because I'd been taking care of the children but yoga was just consistently there for me Mm. in in a really incredible way um and you know all credit to my husband at the time you know he, he, he agreed to me going off and taking a teacher training course when the kids were still quite small um because I just felt actually this is going to this is going to be my next career if you like because Mm. the BBC just didn't fit in with family life anyway we'd moved so we'd moved away from um the Shepherds Bush area where I was working and um and I just thought this thing that supported me through two births and a very very difficult marriage and a move that's kept me on the level that's kept me strong has to be useful to other people I want to mm-hmm. share it it's amazing you know why why do people not know about this aspect of it um and it was really it was almost like I there was no option it was just what mm-hmm. I had to do you know it's a bit like somebody who I don't know has to write you know my mother mm-hmm. my mother was a writer and she just couldn't not write she just couldn't not write you know that was just her thing she's like uh, I've just got to go away because I've got this idea I just need to write it down mm-hmm. it's a bit like that it's just I couldn't not do it it was mm. it felt so important and it felt so yeah helpful and I could see other people also friends of mine you know changing their lives because of it making really 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 good choices mm. because of the yoga uh, and not really realizing that that was why but but then after the fact going okay I just did that because of the yoga you know whether wow. it's stopping smoking or whether it's just you know, moving house or, or getting out of a bad relationship or um, 
yeah, moving away from the city or whatever, you know, all the really positive moves they were doing was because of the yoga sort of showed them the way somehow, if that makes sense. Yeah, I suppose it's like gaining clarity, isn't it? Yeah. Connecting, connecting with your, your mind, connecting with your body and and, I think it's even and your spirit, that, actually, you know, Caroline. it's mm. spirit, you know, and yeah. I think words that we don't use in English very often, but are used in other languages like French mm. and, and Scandinavian languages and in Spanish a lot as well, which is your soul, actually, mm. it, it, you know, and that's why yoga is seen as a physical practice, because we don't really we don't really talk about the soul in a day-to-day basis, mm. do we? You know, how's your soul doing today? It's just mm. not part of our language, right? So, but in in a yoga class, if if it's if it's a good yoga class, if it's done properly, at some point, particularly usually in the relaxation, you sort of plumb into that quiet, truthful inner voice that says, you know. Just before the podcast, you said something, didn't you? You said mm-hmm. oh, on the bus up today, you you just got this feeling of just do what you love you know that's mm. your inner voice talking to you yeah either when you're super exhausted or mm. when you're in this kind of liminal state you get this sort of little voice going you really shouldn't be doing that or mm. why don't you try this or you know this makes you happy or you know and that little voice becomes stronger and stronger and stronger if you're doing the yoga and it l- kind of guides you uh, in a way that nothing else does which is why people make these huge decisions and these huge life changes because because they're so utterly 100% convinced it's no there's no doubt when when that voice comes there's no doubt about it it's like you just know this is mm. the right thing to do mm. it's and tuning yeah it's tuning, tuning into it. wisdom you know yeah tuning into your higher self and yeah and and into wisdom and allowing yourself to hear that voice and not quiet that voice and not say Actually, no, I, you know, it's following. I had this conversation uh, with uh, when I talked to a magician, (laughs) actually, in another episode. And we and we talked about these words, follow your gut, Mm. you know, listen to Mm. your gut and 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 that connectedness there. You can feel it. And it's something you feel in your gut and your heart. And it's not really something that you feel in your, you know, your the mind kind of comes last. You know, Mm. the mind is. Is yeah, something I mean, that mind should be the servant. I mean, I think we, we, you know, we've been quite clumsy in our translations and in our uh, understanding of of yoga. You know, when you say connect the mind and the body, it's quite a clumsy way of putting it because actually the body is the mind. You know, like the magician mm-hmm. said, the gut is also your mind. I mean, what ninety mm-hmm. percent of serotonin is produced in the gut? You know, mm-hmm. um, so tuning into your body means listening to your wisdom. That's what mm. it means, you know, and your mind is then the sort of sorter outer, you know, like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense or that can't be done now, but I could do this to move towards my goal or, you know, your mind is a servant of mm. the soul. The mind isn't the, isn't the master yeah. controller. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we, we go, go wrong with that, you know. Yeah, well, especially, yeah, especially we're very kind of mind and thought driven yes. as opposed to just allowing ourselves to be, to, to be thoughtlessly unaware you know thoughtlessly aware rather to, to have to absolutely have, that's really well put actually you know the aware is a really well well put and i would say just to get a little bit political for a moment you know i would say this is a sort of patriarchal problem actually mm. because it, we, we we overemphasize what we can see and what we can touch yeah. logic and the body and mm. um, we underemphasize the very feminine sort of historically feminine domain of intuition, wisdom, the unseen, Mm. uh, the liminal space between life and death, between Mm. people, the unspoken, Mm. which in fact is the most powerful aspect of life itself. But Mm. we don't talk about it. We don't. Mm teach about it we don't experience it very often and we put a lot of emphasis on logic in the body 
Yeah, I think missing the point completely, I think. Yeah, I think it's that desire to always know, to have an answer when, as you say, it's actually about being in the unknown, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, allowing ourselves to be in the unknown. Because when you're in the unknown, then you're present because you're responding to something that hasn't happened yet, something that you're not engineering. You're responding like a an animal responds to yeah. Stimulus, yeah. not to a person who's been sitting there. You know, I think where, um, where, when everything is new, and that's yeah, that's what being present is, and that's where mindfulness comes into yoga. You know, is that being present is like okay, maybe t- you know, turning down the volume of the logical mind mm. and just being present in each situation and and going with your gut or going with your intuition. Like, okay, what is this? What is this asking me to do? What is this presenting for me here? What is actually happening here in a, in a very sort of refreshed way? Mm. So this is a wisdom that, you know, uh, we haven't really accessed in our culture for mm. quite a few generations. Possibly if there were, you know, generations with mystical religious experiences mm. who would talk of God or God speaking to them, that might be mm. the closest we've got. Uh, to this you know Mm -hmm. Um, but to me it's been life-changing in the sense that it's guided me almost everything I've done in the last 20 years this course yeah everything I've done that's amazing Mm. and and it's guided you so much that you've obviously you've wanted to to share that with others and to empower others through yoga and I know you especially you work with young people you have you you founded the teen yoga foundation didn't you That's and right, yeah. and your and that focus is can you tell us a bit about that and the focus there with young sure, people sure sure so so um i used to work as a teacher while i was at university and just after uh, for, for a few years um and then um i came back to a secondary school as a yoga teacher just after I graduated from my teacher training um, and found that the, 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 in, in those 20 years that the, the difference between the mental health of the young people had been was extraordinary like that I'd never seen so much anxiety so mm. much low mood so much behavioral issues and so on and it suddenly struck me, hang on a minute, this is the perfect fit. You know, this is, these are mm. the issues that yoga helped me with. It would be great for young people. So very organically, very, very organically, I started teaching in all the secondary schools in the local area. It became very popular and I had to then train other people up because I couldn't keep up with demand. And then I was headhunted to run the training in London which I then did. And then that became very popular and sort of grew and grew and grew. And um, then eventually someone came along and said, hang on a minute, what you're doing is charity work because you're, you know, you're offering support to, to young people in need and, and mm. you would be, uh, you know, eligible for grants and so on and so forth. And you're helping, you know, school teachers and therapists and so on. So we became a charity. So it's all very, very organic. It was not, never sort of never planned um but now we've been a charity for a good few years uh, almost nine years now i think and and uh what we do is that the main thrust of, of what we do is bring yoga to young people um in a way which makes sense to them so it's not like your local you know village hall yoga class <laughs> it's like oh you've got exams coming up you know what could you do to support yourself um through the exam period how could you sleep better how could you focus better how could you um reduce your anxiety how could you support your friends you know how could you eat better um and we give classes very specifically tailored to their needs like that uh, similarly, you know, we might have be asked to come into a school and deal with people who are being bullied or bullying. And mm-hmm. we might think, OK, what is it that we can do in a yoga class that might help people who are being bullied or feeling lonely? You know, what kind of mm-hmm. exercises would help with that? So we're sort of matching the yoga with 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 the with the issue that's going mm-hmm. on and helping them find their balance and their center 
in what has become quite a hostile world in mm. in the in, in the young people's world and um, so that's the vision so we match the yoga to uh whatever is necessary whether it's the season whether it's the area whether it's the age whether it's the problem or whether it's the ethnicity um mm. so it's it's a very sort of tailor-made preventative health measure really um which has its focus on you know what does this child what is this adolescent person interested in what do they need and how can we tailor what we have for them for the best outcome. So it's very different. It's yoga therapy, really. And it's that, very different from any regular yoga class. That's amazing. When you mm. said that, it, it hadn't even, I didn't even know such a thing existed. But when you when you you said, you know, if in cases of, of bullying or if or of exam stress or how somebody's going to sleep better, I was just like, whoa, man, <laughs> my mind yeah. is yeah, blown. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. because I think the perception of yoga, as I was saying before, especially by young people, did you, did, you know, did you find or have you found that you've come a, against some resistance to the initial oh, idea huge. when you go when you go to young people? Because I mean, their perception of it must be, you know, yeah, huge, 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 huge. I mean, this is the problem. People say I'm a visionary, and I guess that's what they mean by it, because I have a vision of it being completely normalized. And actually mm. now I do feel that it's much more so. But 20 years ago, oh, my Lord, you would not. I mean, it was literally 20 years ago, literally 20 years mm. ago, I started doing this, uh, January 2003. And um, there was so many people go, well, I'm, I'm not flexible, so I can't do yoga. Uh, whereas now most young people will come to me saying I can't sleep therefore yoga would be really good for me or mm-hmm. um, I find it difficult to focus therefore yoga would be really good mm-hmm. for me so they ha- the young people are really at the forefront of understanding what yoga can do but the biggest um, well some of the biggest sort of barriers to entry is probably the best word would would be that most the boys thought it was for girls that and that was a big Mm. problem and then they thought it was sort of sissy and easy you know um Mm. and like it it wasn't really a workout or you know what was the point it was boring you know all these sort of things so it took me quite a few years to work out how to make sure um that they were continuously um stimulated and engaged Mm. in what we were doing Mm. um i was going to say yeah you must have come across because you're talking about reaching out outreach work presumably and to and to you know and to diverse backgrounds and i can imagine a lot of boys you know the whole (laughs) i'm not wearing any tights i'm not you know i'm not gonna wear tights i'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Yeah. So y- y- yeah, it's sort of soften and and be be all sort of emotional and stuff. No, and I like, but 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 now today, you know, fast forward, we had we have one of my my students um, is teaching at a youth centre sponsored by Rio Ferdinand. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, in Kent, which is all black boys. Fantastic. And that's all she does. Like once a week, she goes down there and she teaches. Um, I think it's like 10, 13 year old boys, and um, they love it. They love it. But because I've trained, I've trained these teachers to deliver it in such a way that it makes sense to them, right? So maybe they're. I yeah. think they're into football, obviously, and and so she teaches it in such a way that it helps their game. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, okay, let's. How? What do you need for your game? Well, my hamstrings are really tight, or I've busted my knee, or I keep, you know, I find it really hard to balance, or I get tired really quickly, or and we go, okay, tired really quickly. Let's look at your breathing. Oh, you busted your, your knee. These are the kind of restorative exercises you could do. Mm. Your hamstrings are tight. This is the release you could have. Mm. And by the way, here are the mental benefits, which also are sports psychology, yeah. right? So yeah. how to stay positive, how to listen to your intuition so that you're quick on the mat, on, on the pitch so you get to where you need to be. And and by the way, these skills are translatable in the rest of your life, you know, because if you're listening 
to your inner voice, you're not going to get into trouble. Yeah, you, you know? yeah. And so there's this sort of sort of dance that we we dance with the young people, where we're sort of kind of coming in where they're interested and keeping their engagement there, but also showing them how this these skills can be translated in everyday life. Yeah, well, I was saying, I was I was thinking as you were talking there, you know, when you said you're going in with what's relatable to them and also on a physical, yeah, you know, it's on yeah. a physical level. Of course it is. But yeah. actually those, but it comes with all of the myriad kind of amazing benefits, benefits. of, of that, that, as you say, that they'll be able to carry throughout their lives of mental clarity. Yeah. And yeah. being yeah. able to connect with the higher selves. And do you think that, I mean, hey, especially after the last couple of years with kind of COVID and people being locked away, have you seen a, a kind of a, a large increase in anxiety amongst young people, people who oh, are using huge, uh, people? Yeah, huge, huge, huge. We did a project with a local youth centre uh, this year, um, youth services. It was not local youth services. Youth services across the across the council, and um, the amount of young people who I've never seen anything like it who have such a high level of social anxiety mm-hmm. at the age of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, all the way up to twenty, twenty one, that they can't actually find their way to a social group, let alone go into school. They can't go into school. They can't get on a bus. <gasps> they can't go into a shop, you know. Um, so they come to the youth services in the middle of the day just in hope that they might be able to see somebody and not too many people. And often they're very awkward. They're very sort of quiet. Um, they keep themselves to themselves. They sit with their phone. And it's super, super awkward. I mean, for them, it, there's so much suffering uh, in that regard, which I literally have never seen. I've never seen anything like it. I've seen awkwardness in young people. It's sort of par for the course, but to the level whereby they don't, they don't know how to interact with someone they've never met mm. before is quite frightening. And it, and it, I'm sort of, I'm concerned for their future. I'm concerned for how they're going to reach out and move on from their families and from their homes, you know, if they can't get out. Um, well, this yeah. is it, isn't it? There's over, I mean, over the last, God knows how many years, 30 years, I suppose, now of mobile phones, you know, 25 years, that the phone has become, you know, we've become so insular. Well, the world, the phones, it's, 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 uh, you know, ironic, isn't it? Because a phone and the internet connects you to the world. However, it actually makes your world really, it makes it a world of one, a really mm. tiny world. Watch looking, not experiencing the world or experiencing yeah. other people or connecting with other people or, but it, but creating separation and shrinking into. Absolutely into this kind of fearful little box of yep. I yep. can't it's an echo chamber echo yeah. chamber of fear mm, absolutely yeah but i mean in some cases when we really you know manage to get through there is a obviously when you experience that sort of connection with yourself and connection with other people in a room mm it's so much more satisfying than the phone. Mm. So then, you know, you, you speak to young people and they say, yeah, you know, I used to be pretty much on my phone pretty much all the time. But since yoga, I just leave it in my bag because, you know, it's so much fun just being with people. We have such a laugh and, you know, we're not allowed to, you know, you know the phones anyway. And I feel so much more like content. I sleep better if I'm off it for that period. So for many people, it's become a sort of pathway to coming off their phones because of yeah. the, that the joy and the connection they get through that experience is is greater than the, the sort of shadow joy that you get from the phone you know that is that's well that's a testament to how fantastic how fantastic yeah. yoga is isn't it yeah yeah it really is it really is uh it's that there's something that happens you know there's there's an experience that happens in yoga at some point 
uh, for anyone who practices, which is this sort of blissful state of like, oh, what I was looking for was inside me all the time. Um, mm. And it's only because I distract myself with a thousand things that I haven't found it. But in this moment of silence and peace, I experience it and it's so fulfilling. It's what I've been looking for. And that's where I just want it again and again and again and again. And that's when you start getting them coming back. And that's when you start, you know, really winning with the yoga. Um, and it's usually in the relaxation that it happens at the end of the uh, end of the class, you know, where they're like, oh, I've never, I don't think I've ever been relaxed before. You often say, hear people say that, you know, that I thought it was relaxing to play my video game or I thought it was relaxing to hang out with friends. No, seriously. Whoa. You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. But this is what relaxation is, is when I'm completely not distracted by anybody or anything else mm. but I'm with myself quietly and it feels so good and what's inside me is not a nightmare it's not full of anxiety and worry and concern but it's actually this big blissful space where I feel yeah. just at peace with myself exactly that can, that can only happen with a teacher though if they're mm -hmm. on their own often that's a very difficult place to get to um mm. but yeah that and and, and so so that's that's sort of my calling really is to get as many young people as possible feeling that which is not a religious experience it's not something that you have to have any sort of faith about which is another mm. barrier uh you know to, to for a lot of people is this feeling that maybe yoga is some sort of faith or placeholder for faith but it's nothing to do with faith it's literally an experience you don't have to believe anything you don't have no. to believe in anything or believe anything. You just do it and you feel it. And then you're like, wow, I want that feeling again. You know, mm -hmm. like someone might do when they, I don't know, you know smoke, smoke a spliff and get high. They're like, well, I want that feeling again because that was good. You know, and it, the same thing with yoga. You go, oh, that was a great feeling. How do I get to there again? And you mm -hmm. do it again, you get it again. You're like, well, actually, that's not the teacher doing it. It's you doing it, but just under the guidance. And then eventually you just do it for yourself and it becomes part of you you know, uh, a mind state becomes a mind trait. That's the thing, mm. you, know, you, 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 you introduce a certain state of mind and then it becomes a trait of your character. Yeah, uh, yeah. As I've said on a few other my, of, of my episodes, you know, you create these new neural pathways Absolutely. when you experience things and they, and, and the more you do, as, as my magician friend said, you know, practice becomes permanent. Because I said, oh, practice makes perfect. And he said, no, <laughs> you know, because if you're not practicing in the correct way, it's not perfect, you know, but practice becomes permanent. And it does. It creates this wonderful feeling of that feeling when you connect yourself and you are at peace is incredible mm -hmm. because you feel like you feel like you've slept for 10 hours Exactly. You know, when you exactly. and feel completely refreshed, and it's like, wow, I, you know, oh, so that wonderful quote, isn't there, which has been attributed to so many different places, but I think it is originally from a yoga text, which is a thought becomes a habit, a habit becomes a character, and a character becomes a destiny. So, mm -hmm. oh, I miss one out. A thought becomes an action, action becomes a habit, habit becomes a character, character becomes a destiny. So if you Beautiful. think about it, you know, every time you think about, oh, I, I might pick up a cigarette and then the action happens, I'll pick up a cigarette mm. and then the habit happens. I, I'm now a smoker mm. and then the character happens. Now you're the person who smokes and then the destiny, you know, might mm. be something connected with smoking. Mm. So the, the similarly, there's a virtual circle spiral whereby, you know, you have an experience, you think, oh, that'd be good. I'll, I'll do that again. And then you, you do it again and it becomes part of you and you become a peaceful person and then you live a good life, you know? So that's the way I'm sort of working on, on, on young people in that sense, in that way to create good habits, to create a solid preventative health model, which, you know, can affect people throughout their lives, not yeah. just for a moment. Yeah. I think what you said there is well preventative is really important Absolutely. because yeah. it's a lot easier to implement something before you reach a stage of kind of not of no return, but before you reach a, a really kind of uh, before you're quite far gone down the rabbit hole to mm. rather, you know, to uh, implement a behavior that, that lifts you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Amazing. And where, so you, your Teen Yoga Foundation, where do you, I mean, what I'll do, obviously, is to put all the links to where people can find you into the show notes. Um, yeah, no, of course. It's amazing. I want everybody, <laughs> everybody after this episode, let's go and do some yoga. But, um, yeah. but, but, um, but it would be great. Especially, I think for me, what what you said earlier about this yoga being tailored to whatever the issue is, is something really completely new, you know, um, which I've never really heard of before. I think that what 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 lies at the base of that is obviously is is to capture young people and, uh, and get their engagement. But also it's this kind of therapeutic um action that happens in all therapeutics which is attuning you know attuning Mm. to the people in the room like you know what is it that they need here that would be really helpful and attuning to that listening to that feeling into that that's something which doesn't happen in Mm. most yoga classes um but Mm. is very 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 powerful and really supports the healthy sort of development of, of, of the person, of the young person. Yeah. Mm. And I was going to say the practitioners, how do you choose the practitioners or the people that come to you? Because well, that's a really, they have a, that's, as you were talking there, I thought, wow, that's quite a, a responsibility to. Yeah, it is. You're right. No, no, we, we, we go deep into this. We go deep into this. It's a very, it's a very in-depth program that I deliver. I mean, it's been um, delivered all over the world, in all the continents of the world, actually, um, over the period of 20 years now. And we've got over 2,000 graduates um, of, of the of the program. Um, and it's, um, they have to, they have to have uh, some experience of working with young people, the people mm. who come on the program. They have to have uh, a teacher training um a certificate so yoga teacher training they have to have practiced themselves for mm. several several years um they also have to have some sort of um interest in therapeutics and then from there on it's really more about passion and mm. um and proclivity than 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 certificates and paperwork yeah I mean? yeah yeah and yeah. there are just some people who are more just sort of cut out for this work and most yeah. people love any child under three because they're just cute you know yeah, and yeah. most people love working with adults because they'll pay 10 20 quid for a team for a class and they'll be super obedient and they want to be there but there's very few people out there who are dedicated to working with young people because they can mm. be a pain in the ass they can be very very opinionated they can be rude they can be um very overpowering slightly scary at times and they 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 feel everything to the nth degree you know incredibly dramatic <laughs> emotional experiences mm. so we can all remember right the first time we fell in love or the mm. first time we were jilted mm. it was just a whole world fall apart right so so many people aren't re- really drawn to that age group so so once they've ticked those boxes you know they're usually so so ripe for this role mm. um and we get all sorts we get pediatricians physiotherapists lots of physiotherapists psychotherapists lots of school teachers lots of youth workers nurses um but always the one thing they do have in common is they love 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 working with young people yeah and that's yeah. sort of the most important thing because if you love working with young people it means you you've got the most important quality yeah, yeah. which is love yeah. itself you love you love and when you love somebody you 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 attune to them you know yeah you to them and you support them and, and you do what's best for them and then i know that, yeah you know we can we can really we can really um yeah make a great therapist out of them and teach yeah them because it's unconditional isn't it it's unconditional and it's done and it's done for and it's done as you say through love it's a beautiful thing when you you see somebody really blossoming with your assistance you think oh I've helped that person you know I've helped that person create something right right. you know and I think think, you know for many people who are working with young people 
at the moment, I, you know, I, I speak to them every week, you know, 20, 30 of them every week. It, it, they do feel at the end of their tether, you know, in terms of their role might be to teach French, you know, mm. but they're seeing people with social anxiety, people yeah. coming in scared of taking their masks off today, still today, or mm. scared of sitting next to somebody or scared of touching the, the doorknob, right? And they're feeling, I just don't have the capacity, I don't have the skill set to support this poor, poor, poor young person. And so they come to me and then they come away with that skill set, you see. So that's, that's so lovely, you know, so that they just, they, they feel ill-equipped. They've been mm. trained to teach whatever they teach, but they feel ill-equipped for their job because they, mm. their job has become so much more than it used to be. Yeah, you know? it's it's not just about teaching, is it? It's about a lot of other things and, and dealing with a lot of other things. And that, youth workers as well. I mean, yeah. youth workers are really taking the brunt of the um, of you know of the kids who who, who are not going to school. Mm. Uh, all mm. the off-rolled school the kids kids are coming into youth services, and the youth services are. It's no longer just a sort of you know a play area for for adolescents. It's mm. actually a, a dumping not a dumping ground, but it's you know it's an area where the off-road kids can go to get support, um, mm. which is, is just sort of sh- shape-shifting a bit at the moment. Yeah, it's a really incredibly important service that you provide. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so I know we briefly touched on it, but um, I just wanted you to, if if you don't mind, just to sort of elaborate on the barriers to entry um, to the practice with, with regards to um, ethnicity. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really important um, point to to address because, you know, we're so lucky in the UK to be blessed with a real mingle of um, faiths and eth- ethnic backgrounds. And it's really important that we include everybody in this preventative mm. practice. And it's, it was quite, um, I've had a, quite a few key moments that have really informed this for me that how do we overcome those issues and partly I'm very lucky that I've been um, invited to teach in um, in Arab countries such as Dubai and the UAE but, and also I've been invited to, to teach in Africa and Sierra Leone mm-hmm. and also in Uganda and in South Africa um, so I, I got the perspective right from the countries themselves. And when I brought them back, I thought, actually, that's really relevant to hear. So in the UAE and, and Dubai, obviously, we had the issue of, of the Muslim students and mm. um, there being a certain tension between uh, Muslim and Hinduism and in Muslim and in mm. India, you know, and, and this feeling that anything that comes from India is sort of against Islam in, in, in mm. some instances, not always, but... Um, so we need to overcome this idea that yoga is a faith and we need mm. to come into this idea that what was told to me in the UAE, which was really interesting, was that the um, sun salutation, the act of the sun salutation is very similar to the prayer uh, mm. in Islam and mm. it, the, the, the movements are very similar to the prayer in Islam, but also that my students in the UAE felt that their yoga practice brought them closer to Allah to, to their mm, God mm. and so that's something that we sort of incorporate and we we try and understand as much as possible and divide those uh those groups into gender specific mm. so for, for for certain ethnic groups it really works to to have um gender specific groups um and and then address any questions head on um, mm. as we come to them towards the idea of is this a faith and is it you know contrary to my faith and mm. when it comes to the caribbean group and 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 the african groups in the uk i was very very um i was made aware very clearly when i worked in africa about the um problem in the more kind of in certain christian um groups particularly the baptists and i think there were some others as well who feel that yoga is contrary to their belief and that mm. that was that's been probably one of the hardest things to overcome and i think one mm. of the main ways we've done this is to make sure that we always have bursaries for people from those ethnic backgrounds so that we can help them go back to their own communities and teach mm. it rather than have mm. 
you know, white people going into black communities. Yeah. It just it's very, very jarring and it yeah. doesn't sit well with me. Uh, we always have um, bursaries for um, black young people. In fact, we have a we have a board of of, of uh, young people from that community who are constantly advising us and helping us mm. see through those sort of um, those biases that we carry mm. and understand more deeply um, the Christian belief in those communities and how we can meet those but mm. again it's often simply about explaining what yoga really is which is not about faith not it's not in contrary to any faith um, yeah it's the yeah. opposite it's actually to connect you deeper to your god and some yeah. people call it god some people higher self some people call it soul but it's actually to connect you deeper and once we've experienced it we know that, that to be the case yeah um and that's and that's really really helped us yeah um and those are the two main areas or, that have been difficult and we've had to work quite hard to understand as much as we are be able. I understand completely that, you know, I will always be outside of those communities and I will never fully comprehend um, what it is. But I think we found kind of ways to navigate that, yeah. which is inclusive um, as mm. much as possible yeah. in this very, very you know, unequal world yeah it feels extremely important to reach yeah 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 it's and it's a brilliant thing it's interesting because when you said that the the resistance is the understanding and and again it comes to perception of what yoga is and you're onto something here caroline with the perception you know yeah yeah you you really are because it is the veil it's the veil of misunderstanding exactly it's it's an illusion you know this illusion of of something that it's it's very easy to dismiss something when you don't really know what it is rather than to ask and engage and understand and learn dismissing something based on uh, a, an idea that that thing may be really contrary evil, you know, or exactly. So yeah. yoga teaches us that there's two choices in everything we do. One choice is based on fear, and one choice is based on love. One page, one choice will contract you, and one mm. choice will expand you. So whenever we are are standing in a crossroads, we look at whatever will expand us. And fear, fear of trying something new because it might be dangerous, is is contracting us. Mm. It's not expanding us. And our soul wants expansion. So Mm. we look for expansion, which is looking for understanding, which is looking for opening doors, you know, going deeper, understanding. Yeah, so Mm. you're absolutely right. Mm. Yeah, Mm. expanding into love and, you know, and compassion and understanding and understanding yeah yeah it's fantastic where are you physically based are you do you have centers all over yes we do we do have centers all over uh albeit virtual as most people so Mm. we have a center in um south africa we have a center in sierra leone of all places we have a, a center in australia new zealand america canada um and then uh scandinavia uh and spain um, Italy, Belgium, and France, but physically the headquarters are here in Bath, Somerset, which is where I where I am. Okay, uh, yeah, and we Fantastic. have a research centre here as well. So we research- oh wow, and yeah. the research is and what- well, research is is just kind of putting on paper the outcomes of the work that we do, okay. making it specifics. Yeah. Um, and numbers and just sort of number crunching it so that we have the paperwork to show government. That's an area we yeah, talked about. Yeah. So that we can say to government, look, you know, we had X kids, uh, you know, with anxiety in year 10. And after X amount of weeks of yoga, we have X, you know, Y amount of um, yeah, yeah. With anxiety. Yeah. And so, yeah. so they've got those figures. And actually we, we present a rationale for yoga in schools as a sort of, financial benefit to the, to the government yeah, as well because yeah. it, you're saving money in the long term by keeping people well you know and keeping yeah, people yeah. functioning and and healthy yeah yeah it's fantastic wow when mm. i it's so interesting because when i first 
started the conversation with you, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, we'll talk about mind, body, spirit. And, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You got more than you bargained for. And that that was more, and that was, and so that my perception has been really broadened by what you've talked about in terms of the work that you do with young people. And it is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Really important. And um, yeah. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Oh, my thank pleasure, you. Thank you. My pleasure. My it pleasure. It feels like thank you it for feels... giving me the opportunity to talk about it. I do love it. Well, I hope lots of people listen to this and I hope they share and I hope they search you out. And I hope, as maybe as an alternative to, hey, let's go and have some medication because we're not yeah. feeling great, you know, yeah. as an alternative to that, maybe look at implementing a yoga practice of and it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be particularly strenuous or you know no, it's, it's just starting all. small isn't it yeah mm, mm. yeah, yeah. Five, 10 minutes a day is enough you know lots of yeah. videos on our on our youtube channel that you can try out uh, just you know for various conditions that could be yeah. helpful okay and can you just can you just roll out that uh, youtube channel so the channel? youtube channel is just called teen yoga Um, And there's another one called Yoga in Schools. We are sister companies. And then um, our website is teenyoga.com simply. Um, Mm. Yeah, and we're on Twitter and Instagram as well as Teen Yoga Foundation. So, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. That was amazing. That was amazing. Thank you so, so much. Wow. Amazing. Oh, I'm so Um, pleased, Caroline. No, it really is amazing because... I think it's what really, as I say, what has, has kind of shifted my perception is this, the implementation of yoga mm. with regards to to specific, specific issues. Yeah. 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 And how you've kind of cleverly uh, presented it in such a way that, that kids, young, especially young boys, you know, mm. are, or, or young teens are, receptive to it which i think is that's that's the main part of the challenge is that if this is people being receptive yeah Mm. and once they're receptive then that's it it's kind of like you're away it's like yeah okay hey becoming the barrier to entry which we call you know the barrier to entry because Mm. that's the is the the perception exactly so the title Mm. of your podcast is perfect for this Mm. it's about Mm. perceptions yeah if you get that wrong you're missing out on massive amount of of good good stuff you know? yeah well hopefully lots of people will be listening to this and sharing so please everyone like share and subscribe and follow and um, do a little bit of yoga and uh, connect with your higher self <laughs> and um, Charlotte thank you again thank you for coming on uh, and and speaking to me because it's been absolutely brilliant so um Until next week, everyone, Uh, I will speak to you then. Bye.